I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. There's a lot of energy on today's show. My awesome guest is Mike Reynolds, the CEO of Innovate Map. Mike has been ideating and delivering digital products to market for over 20 years. He's considered a visionary in the digital space, specifically in the areas of product management, user experience, and product marketing. With a passion for great product and helping other companies achieve it, Mike founded Innovate Map in 2014. Innovate Map has helped over 150 clients dream, design, and scale more marketable, valuable, and usable products. During today's conversation, Mike will highlight lessons learned in starting Innovate Map. In particular, he'll talk about how overwhelmed he was by the business opportunity and how much he loved the vision. He refers to the hustle lessons that continue to drive him. Check it out. I would say I was leading product at the time. Uh, this is, you know, in about 2013 for a software company. And really, you know, I was seeing just, I, I'll be very blunt. I was seeing a macro pattern create an opportunity. And that's, that's kind of what started to drive me to this. And I, I'll kind of unpack that comment a little, a little bit better. You know, I'm, I'm a product guy. I'm, I'm worried about, you know, are we building the right thing? Our best friend is the technology team. They're worried about, are we building the thing right? You know, so I've always worked with the engineering team, CEO, CTOs, and so forth, but I've always been a product guy. So product managers, UX team, is it designed well? Are we building the right thing? Doing that, I hopefully, you know, we had a great team. We were doing that very well for one software company. And then just kind of paying attention to designs where I, or, or patterns in the market where I was seeing doing product well being not just, just being literally the differentiator for a software company, you know, almost like like getting the technology side right is absolute table stakes, but no one buys for that anymore. You know, they expect that it's well-built, scalable, integratable of high quality. And so what was starting to differentiate software products, and we were seeing that ourselves even with the company I was working for, was how well they were doing the product team. So if it was expected, they did the tech team right. Buyers were literally making buying decisions by, you know, does this solve my problem? Uh, is it easy to use? Do I get what I'm buying? And uh, you, would, you would look for a product team for that. So, yeah, really, you know, just that being my passion, uh, that being something I, I loved and thought I did pretty well. When I saw there was an opportunity to do product for more people than just the company I was working for, it overwhelmed me. And I, I had this vision of starting a, a, an agency or a service uh, to do that for anyone who needed help in product. That's really where it started. So what I'm hearing in that, an opportunity emerged in the market, you were seeing these patterns and you went for it. So that sounds pretty normal. Like what, what in that is different for you? Two things come to mind to answer that. The first one is I always thought if I was ever going to start a company, and I'll, I'll touch on this with my second point, I didn't always know that I would do that. But uh, I always thought I would start a software company. That was the business I knew. And uh, I, I maybe had disappointed many people being kind of head of product and the idea guy behind the features that Mike would be the one who would start another software company and maybe bring rally around that. And instead I started a service business, which I was less familiar with. And I'll, I'll just share the rationale for that is that was the market opportunity I saw. So instead of sitting here trying to think, you know, I probably had a software idea three times a week, but just none of them compelled me or I didn't see the full market opportunity for them. And when I saw really the, the agency opportunity, it just overwhelmed me. 
You said that a minute ago too, that the opportunity overwhelmed you. So that's what it was that really drove you to start this business. Yeah. And when I say overwhelm, I don't mean like impress. I mean, you can't stop thinking about it. Like you were consumed by the idea. Consumed with a, you know, this is one, uh, I'll, I'll give you a timeline on this too. This is really October of 2013. To give you some context, the company launched March of 14. So this is six months before launch. You know, I, I just thinking about it. I, I remember plain as day in October, I told my wife, I said, this is what I want to do. She could it's always supported me. She's amazing. Could see the passion, but that passion, I mean, I'm talking like setting an alarm on a Saturday morning at five and working till nine on this idea, thinking about it every time I was commuting, talking about it and working at night on it after hours. And that's why I kind of mean like overwhelmed where, or, or you know, you, you have to be really motivated by something to throw time and passion and heart and soul into it. And that, that, that's what this, this business idea felt to me. And was that new for you, that feeling of overwhelm by an idea? An idea, no. A business, yes. So being in the product team, we're always trying to figure out building the right thing. And, you know, we certainly knew that I was in a marketing software tech company, you know, so I, we knew the marketing space and we're always trying to be, you know, product people are futurists. You know, we're, we're trying to be, uh, you know, we have an idea. We, we try to vet it, validate it prototype it, think of it, but we're ahead of the market and certainly ahead of the business. So there are many times I'd have a, a product idea, if you will, that consumed me and, and, and saw maybe a, a sprint of passion and energy and effort from me. But this was the first time it was a company and business idea. Okay. So this is, so this is a pivotal moment for you in your career then, because this was, this was new and it wasn't so much about starting a business as it was, you couldn't stop this, this idea just consumed you, this business opportunity consumed you. Yeah, it did. And I, and I probably, this was, I even was alluding this earlier. This was a little bit of a surprise to me personally. I never throughout my career. I mean, a lot of people certainly go to college to be you know, major in entrepreneurship or always say they want to start their own company. I didn't say that. I'm a, probably a rare entrepreneur that basically throughout my career thought I was a great right hand. And just, you know, I, I, I was complimenting CTOs, CEOs, um, getting stuff done, prided myself on that, but certainly loved supporting others. And so this, this was kind of surprised to me that, you know, that I, I had such an entrepreneurial itch and it, it's not, it was not a lifelong itch. But um, when I had the itch, I just really started doing some self-reflection that was kind of like, I could do this. And, you know, I had hit a point in my career, I was probably, I think, 37, 38 at the time, where I had, I had kind of looked at myself and realized that I had kind of accumulated enough business acumen, leadership skills, where I was like, I could figure this out. I, I have never sold. I've never ran a business. I've never created a financial model. But I know product. I, I know I know how to grow a team. I have experienced things and I've figured them out. And so honestly, that challenge probably motivated me too. I mean, it, certainly there were a lot of factors that motivate you in, a, in, a, in an entrepreneurial moment, but um, including that, the challenge and the excitement behind it. But uh, yeah, that was new. That was new. And um, very, that challenge really was incredible. So what was the time frame between yeah, this is a great business opportunity and actually starting the business. Like what, and, and tell us then about the, the gap in there. What, what did that look like? Yeah, I would say whew, early was, I probably kept the first month of it to myself, my wife, and maybe one or two friends. 
and I vet, I tried to vet it with them, but I'll just be very honest. You don't want to vet a lot of ideas with family and friends because they're your fans. You know, a lot of times you're going to get a lot of false positives. Right. You're going to be like, they're, they're going to be in your corner no matter what. So they're going to say, that's great. Go for it. And you, you got to get some real feedback. So I probably in the October, November timeframe, I was baking the idea, you know, baking the idea that I could explain it to a stranger, that I could explain it to a very honest meant, and let me say this too, honest and safe. And when the reason I'm saying safe is I have a job at this time. And so, so it's not like I can go ask my boss if this is a good idea that I go. So, you know, it's a very unique set of uh, potential feedback channels or mentors that would, would vet that. So probably October, November, I was vetting the idea. Uh, December, January, I was socializing it. And every time you socialized it, that's a either it's a feedback point. I won't say it's a validation point because it's not always going to confirm that it's the right thing to do. Many times it's going to give you something you need to go back and work on or give you something you need to think through. Yeah, so I would I would say with a very safe audience, that December, January, February time frame was a combination of socializing idea with safe audiences to vet it, as well as responding to that feedback and baking it even more. Yeah, so just three months. Now you you mentioned earlier another key for you was the confidence to run to the opportunity. Did that happen through the baking and socializing? Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably missing one key component too, which is I did have some peers in this. And I'll just say this, my my ambition for the vision was big. You know, I, I might be describing to many, if you're listening to this point, you probably, I might be describing a consulting opportunity. That that wasn't the vision that I had. This wasn't that Mike Reynolds was going to independently go help others with his product expertise. It was, I envisioned a company. Now, I mean, at no point was I ever going to be able to do this alone. You know, we were going to deliver product strategy expertise, product marketing expertise, UX expertise, product management expertise. And while I was competent in that, I always envisioned a team. So from day one, this was a an agency of multiple competencies. And very candidly, I had an A-caliber a team at the job I was at. And so there were a few people um, early on, honestly, as early as December, I kind of considering them, they're members of the you know founding team of Innovate Map that I was approaching those are very risky conversations as well, but that was not just a validating idea, but one of those where, do you want to come with me? And, and so I, I will admit it was launching this for myself and then creating this ideally with a team who could one day join me a hundred percent. It was, it was a bit of time before that actually became a reality, but from day one, it kind of envisioned a company greater than Mike. It was never like Mike Reynolds product consulting. It was just innovating from day one. And I positioned it that way when I was validating, socializing uh, after I kind of vetted if it was a need that people would want to solve, uh, I had to vet, was my approach to it correct? And my approach to it was with a, a, a full team with breadth of capabilities to not just advise, but to get to do. So the confidence to run to the opportunity, but then the vision, you had a clear vision and that also propelled you, that, that no doubt pulled you along through the baking and socializing time. And then you launched the company and tell, tell us about that. Yeah, and I, I I can't help but comment on the word you just meant. The vision, I'll say it's the only thing, but it's it's everything uh, in that early day. Like you're going to get your ass kicked, and the only thing keeping you getting up is the world that you see uh, one year, three year, and five years out. It's the only thing keeping you going. So it isn't just that you saw something good; it was your hourly and daily driver during very very rough moments. So I'll just state that and kind of jump to it. When I 
when I kind of had baked the idea enough, one thing I felt very, I, I did not feel comfortable being employed by one. You know, I could do this as after hours. It, my, my current job never was affected this by this. But w- once I realized that it would be affected is when I realized I had to take the leap. You know, I, I was I was not ethically going to sell Innovate Map and, you know, have a client sales activities or client activities uh, be Monday through Friday, nine to five and have that, you know, it, it, at some point it's not a side hustle. Let's just put it that way. And um, that was March 1st. That's when we officially went. And that's when we had to, I should say we, but I had to hit the ground and trying to find my first client uh, very bluntly. And um, that's when the hustle began. That was, uh, I remember making an incredible list of people I could contact and, you know, trying to schedule a coffee meeting, lunch meeting, uh, not everybody wants to take the meeting. Probably, I, I will tell you this, going all in and re- resigning helped because that that often was an in of where someone would want to take a meeting. Hey, I heard you just left. What's going on? I want to hear about what you're doing. And that would be a meeting. Now, those wouldn't be sales meetings, but I would. they would be, once again, another chance to socialize what I was doing and potentially a marketing opportunity. Hey, this is what I'm doing. If you know of anyone, you know, I, I just hopefully left an impression. And I, I'll just tell you as a, as a hustle lesson that took me a couple months to realize that lesson too, which was I, I was viewing every, every meeting as almost like a sales opportunity. I'd never sold before and um, getting very deflated early on when it would just end with people happy for me <laughs> as opposed to wanting to write a check. And then uh, one thing that really, uh, you know, probably like a couple weeks in, I was like, you know, I'm going to leave every one of these. I'm going to, if it's not a sales meeting, it's a, it's a marketing opportunity. I'm going to leave them with a very clear picture of what I solve can solve, what we can solve for whom. And, and hopefully that sticks in their head and they think of me down the line. And I'll just share that in, in hindsight, that attitude was magical because many of our first clients, in fact, our fourth client all time was a, was a referral, a referral, a referral, a referral. You know, if you think about the Kevin Bacon game, it was somebody sold some, somebody had coffee with me, told somebody else who told somebody else. And I got a request as our fourth client of all time. Uh, uh, hey, want to hear about what you guys are doing? I, I heard from so-and-so. So, you know, that to get that kind of effect on an idea was tremendous hustle. I'm talking like I, my goal for myself was a coffee meeting, a lunch meeting, and, a, and, and beers meeting. So three a week times five days, it was 15 a week uh, just to get, get my hustle and get my word out there. I never hit 15. I, many people have heard me. I, I hit 14 once. But, you know, each week it was just doing that. And in between, in between those meetings, you know, I, you, you get meetings canceled. You get uh, emails you're not responding to. You get uh, a lot of lonely time in between them. You know, I've, I've, I've said it several times, you know, in those early days, you'd have weeks where all five days were bad. You'd have ones where one, one was good out of five. That one is like that long golf shot that keeps you going. <laughs> but once again, I said really motivated by the vision, but it's uh yeah, it's fun. It's kind of fun to reflect on those times. Yeah, and so re- reflect a little bit more around what what kept you in the game. You mentioned earlier the power of the vision when you're getting your ass kicked. Like, what else is helpful in the challenging times? Two very obvious answers to me: my family and my team. So I'm a father of five. At the time, my oldest was ten. My youngest was about three. Father of five, my wife stays at home. And so I was uh, had a had a great executive role, and 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 for me to pursue this and have the support of them, I did not have a long runway or luxury to do this. I had a very short runway, and if I didn't see traction or some some degree of financial progress, 
my family, I was just gonna have to go give up and then find a job. And, and uh, I love the vision so much that that was really, my, it's a combination of chasing this vision, but I have got to chase it. It's just pure financial math of your personal finances in a very limited window. And then the family obligations have to come first. I've got to provide for them. So I, I don't want to say the, the, you know, chasing the vision or this business com- ever competed with my family because my family was my greatest support during all this, but it definitely was my motivator. I, I remember uh, getting the first client. I'll never forget it, by the way. And uh, candidly, I even when that call came that they wanted my help, I kind of pulled over, you know, kind of got emotional. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It, it, it basically bought more r- runway. It bought me two more months. If I had three months to get some sort of traction, that that first client bought me two more months. And then that, that bought me a chance. And then I, I'll share to my team, I, when I started this, I did not have the ability to bring on what I believed was the core team. And I loved working with them. And I knew the full vision of, of Innovate Map included me doing it uh, with my other founding team members, even though they may have personally not been in a position to quit their job and come with me full time. But they were helping me uh, in the night, part time. And, uh, you know, the goal by our collective, by, by was three others, our goal was you know, we were attempting to build this business. I might've been spearheading a lot of the efforts, but we were attempting to build this business so that, you know, by year's end, all four were W-2. That's a very aggressive, that's a very great, it's not just a Ford, some semblance of my family, but other families too. So yeah, it's incredible. But I would say the motivation to go back to working with those team members that have truly been my favorite people in the world to ever work with and people I knew that were absolutely critical to the vision of my company and my family, drove me just the same. Well, so it, it was initially your vision, but what I'm hearing, Mike, and you describing your family support and your team support, it was a shared vision. You were all in this together. Like you were building this business as a team. It's a very interesting balance with, with, with Innovate Map to strike the difference between the, the I versus the we. And I would say a lot of we, I, I, I think spearhead might be the right word. If, if I was the one with, with the idea, the one to take the... To the leap to leave early or, or, or drive it, it didn't need my family and, and, and my, my founding team. And that's the root of the word lead is to, to guide, to travel, to go somewhere. So you were spearheading that, that charge and that excitement and energy of, of what you saw was possible. For some of my other team members, uh, you know, they weren't with me full time. You know, I'm, I might have two hours with them in the evening or, or meet with them after work for an hour and a half, twice a week. And those were the moments that kept me going. You know, I'm, I'd be very alone during the day and then uh, meet them after to talk about what I've been accomplishing this week and what I'm going to go do the next week. And candidly, it was therapeutic too <laughs> to, <laughs> to just decompress with someone. You know, they were my support. They were my support and as well as my family. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, uh, having been doing this podcast now for about a year, there's been so much conversation about vision and you, you said, I loved the vision so much. I mean, you, you talked earlier about just being really overwhelmed by this, uh, by this business opportunity. How has, now that it's been six years, what's your perspective on staying the course to the vision and being flexible? Because no doubt it's not panned out exactly as you envisioned it would. Yes and no. You'd be a little, a little surprised. I, I will say this. One thing I thought really made me feel good. I am a product man. It doesn't mean I, I, I'm, I'm a futurist. I break 
what the future looks down into components or puzzle pieces that get me there. And then the biggest skill of a product manager is I'm able to roadmap them or prioritize them. And I will just say that was a tremendous gift or talent that was that made this execute so well uh, in that, you know, I might have had, you know, in, in 2013, 14, I, I probably had a five year vision, but I knew exactly what needed to be done in the first year, as well as maybe the first quarter. And I kind of broke that vision down into bite-sized, prioritized, meaningful chunks where I wasn't trying to boil the ocean. So I also, I'll just tell you this, and I, I see this with a lot of founders is, is a mistake as well. Sometimes the vision's too big. You know, I did not spend in 2014 a lot of mental cycles and what the world would look like 2030. I, I mean, it just was not going to, there were, there were many, too many hurdles to accomplish before, to have earned the right to think that way, to be, to be honest. So, you know, I had a strong five-year vision for the business. And I would say I had a strong one-year plan. And then I had priorities in front of my face. But I'll, I'll come back. Now that goes with your question. I was changing those every day. I didn't know anything. You know, so, so, you know, even though I might have had a good plan for the vision, I, I didn't know what I was doing execution-wise. And if I kind of translate that to the question at hand, which was, all right, when you hit that five-year vision, then what? We are in our seventh year. I'll be very honest. If I were to think of the things that motivated me from the onset and, and motivate my team during those first five years, amazingly, many of them we were able to achieve. Great client base, great offering set, build a team, office. I'm, I'm just giving, some of these are like check marks that are maybe not really as motivating. But you, you, when, you, when you look to the future, sometimes it is like, where, where are you at? What are you doing? What's the right to left? What does it look like? And we paint that picture. And, you know, at year four or five, I am so humble, but we were able to achieve a lot of those things that we originally set out to do. And year six for me was interesting. Because then I found myself, now I've got to figure out, I'm not in survival create mode. I'm now in like, you've created something. You're not like, it's here. It, it has value. There's, it has a, a team. It has, it, it has history. It has proven success. And what do you do with it now? You know, and I'll, I'll be very honest. We kind of leaned into our startup modes and we kind of recast that vision. You know, so what did I, I've called it internally, even with our team, we had a phase one of this company and. We're now into phase two, and I will admit, I see five phases of this company. It's, it's, not, it's not like the next one. I'm, there are certainly ideas that I think that Innovate Map intends to do, some bold moves that are maybe not in the next five years, but are maybe further out. But uh, I, recasting that vision uh, was an exercise that was, uh, I, it was strong several months in that sixth year where we, we were uh, trying to figure out what do we make of this thing that we are so proud that we've created. What'd that process look like? I would say the first three to six months of it was uh, unknown. It was the thing, it, you, know what it, you know what it is for me? It, it, was, it was maybe I had this big three to five years vision just right in front of me. And then the vision turned to only be a year in front of me, right? And I, and I was like, you know, that just wasn't as interesting or motivating or, or and certainly not inspiring for my team who, who would buy into this vision and, and follow follow me I had to recast that for them not just me it wasn't it, it wasn't just what's going to motivate Mike it's what's going to motivate my team and it motivate the market and my client base too what what else did they want of this at this point we've got highly successful clients amazing referenceable clients who you know, would, would literally state a lot of their success to our team's impact on them or a lot of their impact to our team's 
ability to help them with that. So, you know, they're, they were looking for us to still be ahead of the curve. Uh, we are futurists for our clients. And I will just say that a lot, a lot behind our company name and that is we're kind of their guide to, you know, where to take their products or where to find their next market or how to connect the dots between their market and uh, what their product vision could do for them. So, um, yeah, recasting that was interesting. So I, I, I sat for probably about three to six months, maybe frustrated with myself that I was only looking year out, six months out, and, um, you know, really did a couple mental exercises to, uh, you know, and I had some good tips. This is when I, you know what I started doing? That actually sparked the thought. I went back to the fundamentals and I started networking and socializing again. And um, my first two years, I spent a lot of time of my networking and I'm a big believer in networking. I'm a big believer that you'll be better by listening to thoughts that aren't your own, you know, bringing in diversity of knowledge, backgrounds, ideas. And I embraced that early on because I didn't know anything about starting a company. And I would describe that most of my networking the first 18 months, 24 months was by other startup founders that I admired. And most of my questioning to them was, tell me about, I mean, it could be as tactical about, did you go S Corp or LLC? Or did you get a bank loan? Or did you raise money? Or it could be as anything, you know, it, it could be, you know, how did you, how did you get through this mentally or, you know, uh, the bad days? Um, so I did a lot of networking that were geared around, how do I start up this company? And I went back to that best practice, probably in year six to figure out how do I scale this company? And that was a very different set of mentors. And that was wild to me. So the people that I was, you know, networking with and kind of became very good friends with, you know, these were, these were personal mentors to me. And I, I always stayed in touch with them, would continue to meet them, you know, for meals or, or drinks because they wanted to hear the progress of Innovate Map. At this point, they were fans. Um, but I had noticed that they weren't maybe the same people that were going to advise me how to get from year five to year 10 of our company. That's interesting. So being really intentional, again, it goes back to the right people. You talked earlier about those safe, trusted advisors. This was a different set of people. You had different needs. It, and, and it was. And I marvel now sitting here in the, in the seventh year that if I kind of look at who's kind of been my uh, professional friend and maybe business mentor the last two years, it is not the same group that helped me start up the company. And they're all friends. They're all like they have a special place in my heart. Uh, they have a very visible and special place in in the story of Innovate Map and with our team members. But uh, yeah, different different group. That's a great takeaway. I think another hustle lesson, think about the people that you're socializing and networking with. If you could go back now and give yourself one piece of advice, is there anything you do differently? Is there anything you'd say, hey, Mike, think about this? I'll tell you this, and this is, this is a bit of advice, and is I tried not to make the big mistake. You know, so I, I'm not saying it's a crap answer to say, oh, there isn't anything that comes to mind. There's probably a thousand things I would have done differently. But I will say I tried to fail small and fail fast. You know, so is there one big thing I would have done differently? I'm very grateful to say some, something doesn't immediately jump to mind, you know, in terms of, a wow, I had a major, major mess up. But in terms of uh, tactical ones, I got thousands of them. <laughs> And, and that served could, you well, right? That that was part of your learning. And it probably could categorize them. I could say, well, here's here's 10 financial blunders. Here's 10 legal blunders. Here's 10 client blunders. Things like clients and, and, and legal, you know, client management, That's that was new to me. And, and, you know, we've certainly had things that we maybe would have done differently there and, and that, that, you know, we're real good about now. Strange answer, but that's that's how I feel. Well, I appreciate that. So many good insights from our conversation today. I'm 
couple of the key things I'm taking away are just the reminder about just the power of the, the vision and how that really pulled you and propelled you along. I also really appreciate the intentionality around the people that you engaged in the process as you were initially baking and socializing the idea. You know, you, you were focused on the right people there. And then as you're recasting the vision, you're really thinking about the right people that you're networking with. And like you said, it's a different group. It's a different group of people. So Mike, thank, thank you for that. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn's a great place. Uh, my email, mike.reynolds at innovatemap.com, but certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. We have a, I just want to put in, we, our external platform for Innovate Map is our better product community. So uh, certainly go to Innovate Map or check out our community. We share a lot. We've got our own podcast ourselves. We share a lot of thought leadership. We, we give back. We blog often on trends we're seeing. So that's a great way to kind of follow, uh, you know, Innovate Map and, build, and, and anything related to, to doing product better. Absolutely. Yes. Check out all those resources. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story. 